welcome back to Dermcast. I'm Amber Blair, and today I'm sitting with Dr. Mark Russell, board-certified dermatologist and Mohs surgeon for the University of Virginia. Thank you so much for coming in today. You're very welcome. We're talking about some of the building blocks of dermatology today, malignant and benign neoplasms. Thank you for coming into our lectures, and I'm excited to hear what you have to say about your process of evaluation of lesions. Sure, I think that any practitioner who takes care of the skin needs to be well skilled in distinguishing between benign and malignant lesions of the skin. Uh, these are uh, lesions that patients bring to us very often, and so it's something we're going to see. Uh, knowing when to do biopsies, I think, is very important. And not every lesion needs a biopsy, and knowing which ones do and don't is very important. And I think that comes with good training and experience. Uh, but when a uh, procedure is needed, a biopsy, uh, it's important to know when to do that and how to do that and how to do that well to get the information that you need. And after that, when you have that information, uh, dealing with uh, uh, the details that you need to uh, counsel the patient on in terms of treatment or no treatment. And then again, if treatment is necessary, if that's something that you can take care of or if you need to refer out, and if you need to refer out, who do you need to refer to? This is the bread and butter of dermatology. You know, many people will break dermatology down into two parts, generically rashes and skin lesions. And so uh, skin lesions can be broken down again into two parts, benign or malignant. Now that's an oversimplification in both cases, but it's a good generalization. So very important to know how to deal with benign and malignant. What's your approach to a pigmented lesion that is suspicious? Pigmented lesions are ubiquitous. A lot of people have them. Uh, the vast majority of them are benign and uh, pose no risk. And some are questionable. Uh, questionable in clinical appearance, questionable in history. If it's changing, is that a malignant change? And if it is, if uh, they've reached a threshold where uh, a biopsy needs to be performed, uh, that biopsy needs to be adequate so that the pathologist can give them a very clear report on what that is. Is it benign? Is it malignant? Now, it's nice if it were that cut and dry, but in reality, there's a spectrum, uh, a spectrum clinically about what the lesion looks like. Benign lesions are easy. Malignant lesions, again, easy. But in the middle of that spectrum, there are lesions that clinically look like they could be uh, borderline malignant. So the clinician has to decide, do I continue to watch? or do I do a biopsy? And if you do a biopsy, what type of a biopsy? Is it going to be a shave biopsy? Is it going to be a punch biopsy? Perhaps even an excisional biopsy? The bottom line is, regardless of what you choose, are you providing the pathologist with enough information, with enough tissue, so that they can give you a definitive diagnosis, if a definitive diagnosis can be obtained? There again, sometimes even the pathologist has a spectrum of uh, diagnoses they can give. Uh, benign mole, uh, malignant melanoma, or something in between, the atypical nevus. And to what degree the, the nevus is atypical? So it's nice to think it's a black and white scenario. Um, most often it is, but generally by the time we're suspicious clinically, it's going to be somewhat uh, confusing even to the pathologist. Uh, hopefully not, but uh, you have to be prepared for that and be prepared to counsel and educate the patient on what they have and in what the recommendation is for how to proceed. When you get that pathology report back that might fall in that gray zone, a, a moderately atypical nevus or mildly atypical nevus, how do you take that and move forward to complete your treatment plan? Mm -hmm. 
So if you have something from the pathologist that seems to be somewhere in between benign and malignant, uh, if, uh, if you choose to proceed so, you could call up the uh, pathologist, discuss with them any clinical, uh, clinically relevant information, anything in addition that may help um, you know, persuade them to go one direction or the other. But most of the time, it, what they see is what they're going to describe. So then you have uh, the option, if it's mildly dysplastic, and your margins are clear, most of the time I observe. If it's severely atypical, short of melanoma, but severely atypical and involving a margin, I often will go back and do more. And I always engage the patient in this conversation, but oftentimes the patient is a little confused and they eventually come down to whatever you think, doc. But I always want to make sure they are part of the decision process, at least to the point where they can make an informed decision, if they want to make that. Can you explain to us a little bit the difference in technique when they prep the slides, when they're looking for a diagnosis or a final pathology report? Sometimes uh, they will take a biopsy that you send them and they will do a standard hematoxin and eosin cut and they will look at that and maybe they can make the diagnosis there. And if not, they have a whole panel of special stains and immunohistochemical stains that they can use to help further uh, confirm that diagnosis. And uh, if, for example, uh, I'm, in, I'm questioning a pigmented lesion and they haven't used one of those special stains, I may raise that possibility to the dermatopathologist and just ask if that would be helpful. If there's anything more I can do to gain information to better counsel that patient and better make my own decision. I love that you get the patients involved with the conversation too. I think it's very important to have their buy-in and have them on board for it. Patients are very educated, uh, more educated today, I think, than ever. Uh, there's so many sources of information. So I'd rather educate them myself uh, to avoid maybe some of the, uh, uh, the information that's out there that may not be so accurate. And certainly, I encourage them to be an active participant in their care. So to the degree they want to be involved, I want to involve them. Speaking on educating the patients, what surveillance do you recommend for your patients that previously have a history of a malignancy? It depends on malignancy, but I uh, often will say, and I need you to be involved as well, and so on a monthly basis, I don't think it needs to be more than that, uh, but I, I feel lucky if I can get them to look at their skin monthly and just uh, be their own best advocate and say, is there anything changing? Uh, does it look strange? Is it bleeding? Does it itch? Um, and so they'll do that on a monthly basis. And depending on the type of malignancy, and generally the more aggressive it is, the, the more frequently I want to see them. On one hand, if it's a basal carcinoma, I may want to bring them in every six months for a couple years. And if everything looks good, we can stretch that out. Uh, studies would show that when you've had one skin cancer, you have about a 20% chance of having another one in a year, and about a 40 to 45% chance of having another one within five years. So that's justification for having them see the doctor at some interval. Now, if it were something aggressive, perhaps like a squamous cell carcinoma, poorly differentiated and an immunosuppressed patient, I may bring them back at least every three months. And depending on the numbers of lesions they're getting, maybe even more often than that, to try to keep up and uh, avoid something that grows rapidly. So when you get that final pathology back and your biopsy didn't seem to elicit the information that you were anticipating, how do you address that? In terms of you know, caring for patients with benign and malignant lesions of the skin, if it comes down to needing a biopsy and the biopsy comes back uh, somewhat questionable or doesn't quite fit your you know, clinical impression, I think it's imperative for the clinician to think about what this information means. Is there such a disconnect that 
uh, between the clinical and the pathologic information that we need to rethink our course, perhaps maybe do another biopsy, perhaps talk to the dermatopathologist, uh, give them more information and uh, bring it together because it's so important to have that clinical pathologic correlation in terms of making decisions and proceeding, especially when it comes to the patients wanting to understand why you're making your recommendations. So when in doubt, ask for more information, perhaps even do another biopsy.